This episode of Juice Crew Radio is brought to you by Try Best, making healthy living easy. Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, Steve Prusak. And welcome to the show. I'm Steve Prusak. We've got Carly Pollock here, the founder of Nutritional Wisdom. She's going to tell us all about the two levels of food freedom, the illusion of food freedom, her latest book, and more. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after this with Carly Pollock. Did you know you can make a great living in the hottest new business trend today? The Juice Guru Certification Program is the world's first online course to give you the knowledge and marketing skills to excel as a juicing coach and start making money in no time. Find out more at juicecoachtraining.com. Well, we're back. I couldn't be more excited. We got she's really family. We've got Carly Pollock here, founder of Nutritional Wisdom, a thriving private practice based in Austin, Texas, certified clinical nutritionist, specializing in holistic nutrition and transformation and wellness. We're gonna hear all about that in her latest book too, The Illusion of Food Freedom. Let's welcome to the show right now, Carly Pollock. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here, Carly. You've been real busy and thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to be on the show today. Of course. So tell us, take us back. How did you get into, you know, becoming a nutritionist and getting this message out? You know, I always loved food as a kid. Truly, I even, I collected scratch and sniff food stickers. Like I was just always into it and always fascinated by the fact that you could completely transform your body in a positive or negative way, depending on what you put into it and how you moved it and later on understanding what thoughts you chose to grasp onto and really just how you could manifest your reality and, and your health. But you know, early on, I was a very anxious kid. I struggled with anxiety. Food was the way that I, you know, pick your poison, food was the way that I calmed myself and um, really numbed myself. And that gave me a weight problem. So then like any other, you know, pubescent female started dieting and doing one weird crash diet after another. And really my decision was to go into this, I have to say is quite selfish because it was me wanting to find out how to work it for myself. So there's a lot of the binge dieting and that kind of thing, gaining the weight, looking at yourself and saying, no, I'm not looking right. How do I get rid of this? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I must have gained and lost over 300 pounds, but it was the same 20 pounds. And even within the week, we would all have that pendulum swing where Monday through Friday, you're counting your almonds and you're you know making your smoothies. And then from Friday night to Sunday night, there's a break free from food prison and you jump into just complete reckless abandonment. Well, your book, it's called Feed Your Soul, Nutritional Wisdom to Lose Weight Permanently and Live Fulfilled. And we're really excited for, with our friends over at New World Library. And I know that's up on Amazon and also your website. And we're going to share that during the show. But So, I mean, how are people getting lost in this? There's so many fad diets and BS schemes and snake oil out there. What's the escape there? Yeah, you know, and it was it was really clear to me when I went to write a book that this wasn't going to be a diet book. It's a it's a mind book. It's a book that gives you the tools to get into a mental state so that you could achieve whatever level of health you wanted for yourself. And I dedicate a chapter to figuring out what diet works for you. And of course, 
it can't not be about dieting or losing weight because that's the premise. But when people don't go deeper to look at what drives them to do what they do, you really miss the point and you're chasing this behavior modification. Eat this, don't eat that, be paleo, be vegan, do keto, you know, no, do the FODMAPs because your gut hurts and and people are just thoroughly confused. I think that the why this happens is because someone finds something that works for them and then writes a book saying everybody should do this. And if it's not sane advice, you know, if it's not saying everyone should eat vegetables <laughs> or if, if it's something that's really out there, you have to understand that this may work for someone and not another person. It also may work for you for a period of time, but not forever. And I think that information is not there as a follow-up to all of these fad diets out there right now. Well, Kim over at New Library sent me a copy, and I know you mentioned the book Two Levels of Food Freedom, and can you talk a little about that and how that pertains to lasting health? So you know how you just make up stuff? <laughs> so I did my I, research coming in, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I made up this concept of the two levels of food freedom because I noticed that this that there was this introductory kind of low level food feeling of food freedom. And that level is when you feel like you can eat whatever you want. You're like, ooh, screw this. I'm going to eat chips. I'm going to eat fries. I'm going to eat burgers. This is true food freedom. I have no diet rules. But that level of food freedom creates body prison because Ultimately, our body will not thrive in a situation where we could eat whatever we want with all of the processed, addictive, delicious tasting foods that are available for us today. The next level, which I consider the more enlightened level of food freedom, is for me to say, you know what? I can eat whatever I want. I'm choosing not to. And so I'm placing these loving boundaries around food based on what my body's telling me. And this level of food freedom creates ultimate body freedom for me because I live in a body that not only looks great, but feels great and is vital. And I'm preventing disease and I'm clear headed and I'm, you know, my body is in a vehicle to attract all these things I want in my life instead of being really muddied up with low level foods and low energy foods. But from the outside, that level of food freedom looks like restriction. People say to me, wow, you don't eat gluten, you don't eat corn, you don't eat soy, you don't eat dairy, like you don't eat all these things. And I say, this is not a diet. This is not because I read this in a book. My body gave me very clear signals as to what it likes and doesn't like. And I have to say, anything that's too rigid breaks. It's not like I never eat a slice of pizza or I never go out and have French fries. That's not the case. But for the most part, I have a level of food freedom where every single day I feel free in my body and it feels like I'm free to choose the right foods. And it's just a different understanding than when people go, screw it, I'm not on a diet, I'm truly free. So basically, this is like a mindset. We're starting with a new mindset on how we're looking at food. It is, because when people diet, the first feeling that they have, the first emotion is restriction. They just feel like there's all of these foods that are on a no list and restriction creates scarcity and scarcity drives us to do the craziest things. I mean, look at Thanksgiving. It's the best example of food scarcity. Here are these foods that we all love, but we decided so 
oddly that you can only eat them once a year. It's like, how dare you make stuffing in March? It's the weirdest thing. I don't know where we came up with this story. But so we only eat these things once a year. So when we do eat them, we binge because we think to ourselves, when else am I going to get this for the next year? And so that, that emotion of restriction around dieting, that mentality has to change if we want to create permanent results. Now, what would you say is the most important thing you do for your health? That's really hard to, to say just one thing. This sounds really silly because you're the juice guru, but I would say what I've always had a weak immune system and I blame it on being asthmatic as a child. I've been on corticosteroid drugs since I was born and still are on them today, a very low dose. And so because of that, my immune system's always been compromised. And about, you know, eight years ago now, I started juicing. I bought a juicer and started juicing. And from then on, I've not gotten sick more than once in a blue moon. And it's been such a change for all 35 years in my life. So I would say juicing, but I would also say meditation. I would say cooking my own meals has been a major up-leveling in my health instead of doing the thing where I pretend like I'm eating healthy at a restaurant, but I'm not. So there's so many, you know, it's hard to choose just one. Love it. And also I'll pay you the $20 for the juicing mention. Thank you for that, Carly. <coughs> juicing. <laughs> so your definition of discipline and why we should welcome discomfort. When we think, when I define discipline, I define it as coming from a place of love, saying no, coming from a place of love versus willpower, which is saying no, coming from a place of fear. When people use willpower, they're saying, um, you know, I want to eat this, but I shouldn't because my jeans are tight or, but I shouldn't because my doctor told me not to. Whereas discipline is, I love this food, but I love myself more. I'm choosing not to do this. With discipline comes discomfort. There's so many things in life, all things in life that I believe are really worth it, come with some level of discomfort. And if people can focus their attention on the outcome instead of the discomfort, which is the process of what it takes to do the, whatever the thing is, they would be so much more successful. So thinking about the outcome of exercise instead of the process of what it takes to be feel that burn or schedule that class or drive in traffic. The outcome, do you know what I hear? I mean, I'm sure you hear this all the time with juicing. Oh, the juicer's so annoying to clean. Yes, it is. There's no friggin' way around it. It is annoying to clean. But I'm thinking about the outcome of what having that juice in my body will do for me. And so when I'm cleaning the juicer, I just keep thinking about, all of the ways I'm healthier because of the juice. Maybe I attach more pleasure to it because I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to music or I'm talking to a friend. But ultimately, you are going to have to be uncomfortable if you want to be healthy. It's about where you put your focus is what you're ultimately going to feel. Well, I love it. This ties into the work we're doing here. You know, if we're educating about juice cleansing three to four times a year short term, and then a juice a day habit, which is what our book is about, just a juice a day, you know, first thing in the morning and getting the greens in your body that way. But what's the next steps that our listeners can take to avoid the binging? Because, 
I mean, there's other juicing educators that say, go ahead, binge, gain the weight, and then reboot it out. And we don't talk about, we don't say that. We say, keep the juicing up daily and then make better habits. Where do we go from there? Yeah. I mean, the advice that you said other people give about do the binge, then clear, that's horrible advice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to mention names, but I know. know, Our work is cut out for us here. (laughs) Yeah. You know, ultimately what I care about is people's relationship with food, that they feel like they have complete power and enjoyment, balance, that there is a a celebration with food that doesn't go away because people feel like when they diet or in order to lose weight or be healthy, that we have to be almost robotic. I can't stand it when people say, you're a machine, you know, food is fuel. No, we're humans. And every single culture uses food to grieve and celebrate. And I want there to be a uh, relationship with food that's respectful, meaning you eat foods that respect your body, meaning that they love your body as much as you love them. And that means that you don't eat a food and and are doubled over in a stomachache and then eat it again, because that would be disrespecting the body. And that since how we eat is so clearly tied in with our body image and our sense of self-worth and our sense of enoughness, it's that it's important that our relationship with food feel healing and nourishing. So the binge eating and that that very chaotic feeling we have when we don't have a respectful relationship with food, the first step is to look at the root of what's driving those behaviors, which are your thoughts, your stories, and your beliefs. And if I you know, could give the smallest piece of advice, although there's so much more in the book, is to finish listening to this podcast and then to sit down and open up your notebook and write down the stories you have about health and weight loss. Is it that it's too hard, that it takes up too much time? Is it that you'll never get there because you're a failure and you don't have enough willpower? Is it that you'll never do it because your partner will uh, sabotage you or you don't have enough support or maybe you have so much weight to lose that it just feels too far away? Whatever it is, write down those stories and then take a look at them And see if you can replace those stories with something more positive that's going to drive ultimately the behavior you want. You know, in the book, I talk about that thoughts drive, thoughts create emotions. Everything that we feel, anxious, happy, sad, hopeless, motivated, is driven by a story or a thought that we have. And how we feel drives our behaviors. So thoughts create emotions, emotions dictate behaviors Everyone listening is listening because they want to modify some behavior to make it healthier or more consistent. Maybe they're juicing once in a while and they want to get that juice a day, but they don't, and they know the benefits of juice. It's like they know the facts. Just because you know better doesn't mean you do better. There's a huge gap between education and action. And so they're really looking to modify a behavior. That's not about teaching them even more how great juice is for you. We know that doesn't work. People know cigarettes will kill them and they still smoke it. It's about looking at the story that drives the behavior, which you're going to notice when you talk to people is largely about time. It's the number one story Mm -hmm. I hear when it comes to health. It takes too much time. That story absolutely needs to be changed. Right. And wanting the quick fix like butter in my coffee or just celery juice being the only juice you have. Everyone wants the quick fix. And what do you think about, you know, there was this plus model that died recently, I think yesterday, 
um, 30 year old, you know, plus size model, Ella something out of England and did a lot of Instagrams about women being comfortable in their weight, no matter what their weight is. Isn't there something to be said though, for the health implications? I mean, this woman died at 30 of ovarian cancer. Yes. It's so hard because, you know, of the, the accept where you are body positive movement. Yes. I think it's fantastic in the way that I don't want you to hate yourself to skinny. I mean, we know it doesn't work. We know that there are many skinny or thin people that are rotting and black on the inside because they eat crap. Yeah, and Luke, snatched- Perry, Luke Perry just died and he had a major stroke of 52 lean Correct. body. Although he looked very old, I have to say, like there, were, I feel like there was something going on health wise that was, you know, he looked. He looked eight. older than. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did, but um, but so I am all for women accepting who they are, but I don't think the story ends there. It's like I want you to accept where you are and work on cultivating a self love that allows you to say, "I love myself so much." And I respect myself so much that I'm now going to set a higher standard for myself. And I'm not saying to be healthy is to be quote unquote skinny, but yes, you're right. There's a health implication to carry on carrying extra body fat that really no one can argue with. And so I don't need her to be a certain size to be healthy, but the second you're carrying extra body weight beyond, you know, I'm sure for everybody it's different, but beyond, you know, 20 to 30 pounds, there's going to be a health implication there. So it's really hard because I'm torn between loving these women who are coming forward and going, yeah, I have cellulite and I actually, you know, and I love myself and I love the positivity because we've come from this place where we're just constantly breaking ourselves down and feeling not enough. But there's a there's a yin yang to like there's a there's a consequence to not looking at the other piece right where it's a superficial judgment like being judged for that but then the health issue and that's kind of being ignored when we're just saying it's almost like giving an excuse though isn't it for being you know eating what you want and not taking care of the body i feel like it's a um it's almost like an opposite to drastic reaction where the pendulum swings one way where all we want to do is be thin and are obsessed with that. You know, as women, we just can't feel like we can um, be proud of ourselves unless we look the way a magazine tells us to look. So that's one side of the spectrum. And then there's the total other side of the spectrum, which is to say, Hey, I'm going to carry a hundred pounds of extra weight, which is going to be very hard on my heart and on my organs and that every health researcher, scientist, and doctor is going to say that this is not good for me, but I'm just going to accept myself where I am. What about something combined? Like let's accept ourselves exactly where we are because you have to, if you want to make change because true change happens by love, not by force. I know because I've tried to force myself to healthy for so long. I know it doesn't work, but Let's then do something and take action and say, my physical body is going to be the reflection of how much I love and care about myself. So when I look in the mirror and I have a quote unquote flat stomach or I'm lean or I'm losing weight, it's not because I can look in the bikini or because I starve myself. It's because I know that I'm doing the deeper work to be healthy. So I think that there's an in-between that is kind of missed in that community where it's like, the big is beautiful, but it's, it's, it's almost even hard for me to talk about because it's like, I am so impressed that they can come out and say that. And I, and it's like, yes, you're on the right track, but now let's get you healthy. 
But then on the other side, have you you've heard of terms like orthorexia? You know, people yeah. that are obsessed with being healthy. What do you think of that? Is that dangerous to have terms like that, or is that you know, is there a middle ground, or is that valid? Do you think as a, a psychological term? I don't, you know, I try not to get too wrapped up in labels because then we have labels for our labels. I think that there are people, when I think of the word orthorexia, I think that people will be misguided to put all of their attention on food and the latest nutrition, this, and then spiritually they're so empty and they don't look at health as a body, mind, soul thing. It's like, I don't care if you're eating salad. If you're stressed and miserable, you're not healthy. I don't care if your salad is organic and your olive oil is imported. Like, that's great. But we know stress is the main cause of disease. And to not have a spiritual path where you feel deeply connected and aware and present I think that we use the food as a distraction and I've met a lot of those people and I can, I in the past have, you know, teetered into that area, like getting too obsessed where you're laying in bed and all women listening know what I'm talking about. And some men, I don't mean to rule you out, but I'm a woman. So I'm just going to speak for women where you lay in bed and it's Wednesday and you're like Monday, this Tuesday, this today, this, and it's good. And you're like continuously patting yourself on the back. You're like, I had my almonds and it's just this distraction that we use to not look at the deeper spiritual path that's waiting for us. It's an imbalance. Yeah. yeah. The name of the book is Feed Your Soul, Nutritional Wisdom to Lose Weight Permanently. The author, Carly Pollock, here with us on Juice Guru. Carly, what's the best way to follow you on social media, uh, your website, and things like that? My website, carlypollock.com, C-A-R-L-Y-P-O-L-L-A-C-K.com. I'm on Instagram, Carly Pollock. I'm on Facebook. Head over and say hi to me there and um, check out the website. I've got some great online courses. And of course, the book, which is on Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon, IndieBound, and some other bookstores, local bookstores in Austin. And she enjoys a juice, so we love her. <laughs> now, uh, and she's from, you know, the Bronx. She's from the Staten Island. I call it the Bronx of New York. Yeah, I'm. I, let's not tell everybody I'm from Staten Island. <laughs> yeah, That's I, uh, not my shining moment, everyone. It's not my shining. I, I, I was born there, you know. <laughs> I was born in Brooklyn, actually, grew up there. No, but thank you, Carly. Anything to say in closing before we uh, cut out the part about Staten Island? <laughs> I think that for anyone struggling with making permanent change for you to understand that this is not about food that this is not about juice that this is not about lack of willpower or um lack of knowledge that that it's really about gaining the mental tools needed to be able to push past resistance and disconnect from that voice in your head so that you can begin to control the positive and negative narrative and that this book We'll teach you how to do that. Awesome knowledge right here with Carly Pollock again. Feed your soul nutritional wisdom to lose weight permanently. Find it at Barnes & Noble, Amazon. We'll have a link to it under the show notes at juicegrowradio.com. I'm Steve Prusak, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Juice Guru Radio. Find out more about us at juicegururadio.com. Until next time, get your juice on.